Hey everyone, welcome back to the Onigiri Co podcast. Today we are welcoming someone you probably have seen all the hard work, the racing, the training, the knowledge sharing on social media, and you might have met her in real life because she does race. Um, we're welcoming Rue FPV. Woo! Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Me too. I'm happy. I'm happy you're here again. And people are going to be like, how come again? <laughs> It's just we recorded during the pilot season. I mean, you recorded with Lexi. Um, and apparently it was a great episode. And then that's right when I sort of stopped the pilot episode from being published. And I feel like it it's not... Yeah, it's not normal. You should have been published. So now you are back and you're just with me today. Actually, Lexi can't be here because of work. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> and I'm so happy that you started the podcast again. I love listening to your podcast. You're always very motivational and different topics. Um, so it's one of my favorites. I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you. Well, yes. So yes. we're both happy then. <laughs> and also happy. for people who um who don't know like uh, we have never met in real life but i i follow you on social media so we sort of social media acquaintances pilot friends fellows <laughs> um but it's it's really um yeah enjoyable for me to be able to speak to you in real time for sure time zones difference but uh yeah so um, i was thinking for the audience uh, i'm sure um people will know you but maybe um if anybody don't know exactly what you're doing, what type of FPV you do, um, all these kind of things. Do you want to give us um, maybe a summary of your FPV journey? Um, Absolutely. I'm throwing that out of you. Uh, I'm throwing that at you like without any preparation, <laughs> but I'm sure you're ready for it. Yeah, so I started flying in, I want to say late December 2017, and I started because my partner was into drones, and he kept telling me, oh, this is so fun, you have to come do it too, and I, it was miserable because I was so awful, and I just could not get the hang of it. So it wasn't until he bought me my own tiny whoop that I finally said, Ooh. okay, like, all right, this is, first of all, it's mine, so I'm not going to break yeah. something of his. And I saw that I could crash down the stairs, I could crash into the television, I could crash into myself, and I wasn't yeah. going to hurt anyone or anything, and I could just not worry so much about trying to learn. And mm. from there, I started putting more hours in the sim, and it gradually became something that I really grew to love. So I went from coming in last, like dead last place, every race I did for probably a good six months, to now in our local races, I will typically podium and it's it's really Ooh. a lot of fun. Um, it's I, it's more fun when you're good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, I agree. <laughs> But it was tough, it was a really tough road. And yeah. I just hope to encourage other people who try to start out flying. I, I, it can be really challenging to learn FPV. I'm, I'm actually curious if your experience was similar because I remember watching your YouTube videos maybe two years ago or so. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so good. How does she do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks uh, to start with. Um, yeah, I agree with the first phase. The first phase when you start flying and 
because it's so free, you know, it's, no one has ever done that before um, in their life. There's nothing you can compare it to. When you first take off, um, it's just, you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, you don't know how to control this thing. Um, all the movement, obviously, you know, are linked. So your throttle control and your pitch and you're like, ah, oh, you're wobbling in the air because you're like, how am I supposed to go straight and, and <laughs> at the same altitude the whole time? So... It's true. The first maybe month or so, um, I was still body boxing uh, with the person who was t teaching me at the time, or let's say coaching me, because I was terrified of doing the wrong thing, and that was me being anxious. <laughs> so I was like, "Ah, you need to learn for me." And and then after a while, he said, "You know what? I can't coach you forever. <laughs> so do your oh, thing." And the, all the first landings I've done alone, and uh, I'm glad I was living in Central Desert, you know, in Australia, because there was lots of room to land. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I understand. Once I got the, the little, you know, once your soul is a little bit part of the drone, a little bit more, and you know what you're doing, um, and you feel like you're a bit more in the drone and in control, that's when the fun starts. The first sure. month is is um hard rough. and i remember rough. you flying uh Cinebu really well i think for some reason am i crazy thinking that you had entered the the woman who drone competition or i did like that? and you and you submitted a, a tiny whoop um freestyle is that correct oh uh, i i might have oh is that a real uh, one i think that was someone i think that might have been someone else um, oh, okay. i did do there's also something called the international game of whoop where ah, okay. there's a challenge every single week and yes. I entered that I had never done freestyle before so of course I could fly a drone and I knew how to fly acro mode but I had never yeah. flown a whoop in acro mode and I had never ah. done freestyle and that first season I entered I ended up placing 10th overall out of 290 pilots wow but That's it awesome. was a, it was a crazy amount of work I think for the yeah. trippy spin week, I think yes. I, it took 156 packs for me to learn to trippy spin. <laughs> okay, so my memory got confused. I thought you had submitted that at the woman competition. I did, yeah, Be but that was five inch. Ah, that was five inch. Yeah. Okay, so I sort of mixed both because, you know, sorry, but when we see five inch trippy spin, we're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's how the community is now. And I can't even do them, right? But when I saw it on Tiny Whoop, and that was you. I remember it was you. And I was like, what? <laughs> What's this person doing? A trippy spin on Tiny Whoop. And uh, I thought it was amazing. And uh, I think this is um, the day uh, maybe I actually actively followed you on Instagram after seeing that because it popped in my feed. And I'm like, wow, I need to follow this person. So it was awesome. You blew, you know, I, I learned this expression recently, like blowing your socks off. <laughs> I don't know if it's Australian <laughs> or if it's English. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow, that's definitely what you did. Um, and then I had the memory of seeing your footage, um, you know, at, um, in, in that competition only for women that people have thrown upon <laughs> a lot, <laughs> but I don't want to talk about the negative. Uh, and it was really good too. And, um, you're, you're a good inspiration and a good influence in the community, in my opinion, for the hard work, training and motivation you display at all time, at least online. <laughs> Sometimes a little too obsessive, I would say, but I'm just the type of person, if if I set a challenge for myself, I'm not gonna stop until I get it. 
So yeah. for some yeah. for that like that week where it took 156 packs, I mean, I was gonna keep flying every single day until I got it, or the deadline was there. And fortunately, I think I I got it the I want to say the day before the deadline. And <laughs> and now I just love to trippy spin because it's like I figured out this like the secret, this puzzle. I like unlocked it, and now I'm like, yeah, let's go. So That's then they so they good. recently had um, you would win. So in the next season, they had that you would win if you could trippy spin the lowest object. And now there's like 600 people in this contest. So it went from 290 to like 600 something. So I'm like, okay. Um, and I was trying to trippy spin myself, but I was having a little trouble. And then I got the idea to trippy spin a, a trash bin. Ah, and because oh, yeah. it's, it's kind of like a little bit like wider, um, you, I could see it in my camera better. So I won that yeah. challenge as well. I, I, I trippy spun a trash can with a tiny whoop. <laughs> that's so good. It was fun. It's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun that these kind of challenge um, challenges exist. So you do a bit of everything, right? You also race. Um, you were talking about DCL just before we, we started the podcast. So... Can you tell a bit about this as well, the, your, your this aspect of your FPV life? <laughs> yep. Um, so the racing is really where I started and was my first passion, but now I'm really growing to love freestyle as well. So it's tough because I want to do both. <laughs> um, DCL stands for Drone Champions League, and they are hosting a 2022 virtual season again. So all yep. the pilots from around the world are competing in a sim challenge. And it's actually, it's very challenging for the pilots because we don't, just like real life, we don't see the maps until that morning. And then we Ooh. only get half an hour on each map to practice and learn the map. And then you lose access to the map until you're actually racing. Oh, really? So it's pretty that, intense. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very serious. <laughs> yes. And um, so... There's six professional teams among Quad Force One, which is the American team. Mm -hmm. And the the males race, um, there's four men male pilots, and they compete in like 2v2 and 4v4 against the other teams. And then mm -hmm. there's one woman from each team who competes in every race. And yep. we are in an elimination format. So the oh. last place pilot, every heat is gone. Okay. So if you yep. crash, if you mess up, any, you're out. So it's pretty oh my intense. God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, and then you. Sorry, I was just thinking. So there's there's one female per team as well. So that's a, a team of five in total. Is that correct? So typically teams will have more than one woman. So for instance, Mako Reactor's on the team um, with me as yeah. well. But some uh, of the yes. teams, I think this season might only have one female. So I think it really depends on the team. I like having a backup <laughs> and a buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but good. only one person is racing for this season on race day. Yeah. Okay. And because I know nothing about all this, because, you know, I only do freestyle, how do you... How do teams get uh, organized in the first place? How do you find members? Like, how did all that work? <laughs> so DCL hosted a virtual tryout. So people would race specific tracks and then the teams can interview them and decide who they might want to make up on their team. And we have okay. some team managers. We have people that help us, help us out and get organized. So it's actually a really... Um, 
Like, I, I don't, I just don't know how to thank these people enough for all this time and effort they put in to get this all organized just so on race day, we can just sit down, pick up our controller and, and do what we love. So they're, yeah. they're really a good team. That's good. So who's in your team at the moment? Oh, no, now you're really going to challenge me. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, so the people racing, so um, it will be this past weekend by the time this is out. So it will be um, Jake Hammer and AK Drones are making their DCL debuts for Quad Force Ooh. One. So that's really exciting to see. Yeah. Then um, also on the t our team will be Levi and Propsicle, as well as myself. And then, um, I don't know if you want me to name the other women. Um, yeah, but there's, if you want yeah, there's, So there's Silent, Leo okay. on Fire, La Beba. Um, there's a mm -hmm. DCL rookie this year, uh, Duona, from China. She's on China Dragons. And then there's, okay. um, I, and I think you know this last person, I think your friends, um, Tomoga FPV. Ah, oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah you guys well, got friends. to meet, right? Yeah, we, 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 we got to meet once and I wish it had been twice, but time flies and she was in Australia for I think four weeks, four or five weeks, but she was always racing and I was always working. So we got one freestyle session together and my drone was not working that day. I'm like, yes, of course it's not that. working. From your video, so, yeah. Yeah, so, oh my God. Um, but it doesn't matter, you know, the what what um, is important is the memories in my opinion and it's a great memory and I hope I can go to South Korea one day because first I always wanted to go and now I have someone to visit <laughs> so you know it's it's good now, now um, she didn't like twist your arm and get you into racing uh, the thing about <laughs> racing it's um it's 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 very it's not like freestyle you can you cannot decide when you go you have dates and you have to be there that is true and And that has always, even when, you know, I had normal um, hours work where it was very routine and nine to five, you know, even at that time, I couldn't commit to go exactly at the, <laughs> the date and time to race. Racing is super fun. Um, I will not deny this, uh, but it's more like the type of commitment it implies yeah it implies or requires right so now that my schedule I was just telling you how I did night shift and stuff recently now that my schedule is even over the place uh I can't I I couldn't I couldn't go yeah, to certain tough. races um but I just really enjoy it I I almost enjoy watching more um uh, like when I used to go to um east side here in Melbourne um people like have this little screen you know where you can see all the all the racing going on and yep. just look at everybody racing when I was not racing and um I was in the B group of course uh and the A group I was like how like because we were doing the same track <laughs> and I'm like how are they going that fast in that section I'm like <laughs> um it was great though it's it's a lot of I would say if you if I could have a track in my garden all the time it would improve my freestyle a lot too you know so it's a it's such a good complementary um side of the hobby like both freestyle and racing just go hand in hand um and i do think that when people discard one or the other they're missing on uh, experience and skills that they mm. could just get <laughs> so i'm That's glad you, you said you also want to do freestyle <laughs> yeah, i've been i've been working on freestyle and it's it's interesting because freestylers will tell me 
how can you love racing? Because you can't go where you want to go. It's very regimented and this is the track and this is the order you have to do it in. But to me, that is freeing because I don't have to think about it. I know I do this gate and then that flag and this gate. So when I go to freestyle, yes, I have the skills to do most of the individual tricks, but it's very hard for me to make them in like a flowing line that looks like I did things on purpose. (laughs) So then I really (laughs) have to think about it. I'm like, okay, what do I do? I'm like, what do I do next? I don't know. I'm like... I'm just so happy I did this, um, you know, trippy spin. And I'm like, that should be it. I'm done. I did it. (laughs) But it's like, wait, I I have more flying to do. It's too much freedom. (laughs) Too much freedom. Yeah. So I'm really working hard on trying to develop that flow. Um, Yeah. And it's just, it's a completely different skill. But I think that flow should also help me in racing. So I think it'll go hand in hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yes. And maybe you could try to listen to some music while you do some freestyle, because then you have sort of something to follow and guide you in the intention that you want to put behind your tricks or something like that. I like that. That's a good uh, suggestion. I'll have to take that back. <laughs> yeah, if you used to have a sort of, some sort of guideline that are visual for racing, maybe if you have emotional guidelines for freestyle, um, that could help you <laughs> find That's your That's pretty flow. deep. It's pretty deep. I like it. <laughs> well, that that's um that's a good summary of um of what you've been doing. Can we talk quickly before we um start um discussing a bit of a theme that I've planned for our podcast that you know about but the audience doesn't yet. <laughs> um can we discuss a little bit about you know the hard work you put on your social media to share your knowledge and you know, the things you have learned along the way? Um do you want to just discuss this a bit, like let, let us know why you've started doing it. Yep. So I had tried to really get a YouTube going a while ago and I've just found it to like, for me, it's very overwhelming and it seems like it takes really very, very long time to make a good quality YouTube video. So I sort of mm-hmm. set that aside for a while and I said, I'm going to focus on TikTok because the videos mm-hmm. are so much shorter and yeah. I think I can have an impact with like, I mean, it does no one any good if I have 50 unedited YouTube videos because nobody can see them. (laughs) So let's make these short little tip videos that people can see. And if one of my goals is that I want to inspire um, women and young girls in particular that, hey, if this is something you're interested in, you absolutely can do it. So if I want to inspire them, I have to show them, hey, here's how you can do it. This is a step-by-step. You know, it's not um, it's not easy, but you can definitely overcome that challenge. So once yeah. I started doing the TikToks and getting into a habit of doing it every day, it's just become easier and easier. And like, I'm actually learning how to edit the videos faster. So probably it wouldn't take me 22 hours to make one YouTube video anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but I, these these short little videos, I'm just finding them so much easier to edit and focus on one small topic I think is a lot easier so I'm really enjoying that I'm trying to be better with using my real camera now instead of my iPhone (laughs) (laughs) that's a good thing too yeah real microphone and and um, just try to make them a little higher quality but the community out there has been really fun Um, so there's one individual who's putting out a freestyle challenge once a week so I started oh. working on those. So I learned how to juicy flick, kind of. It's, it's still not great, but um, I had never done that before. 
So I think mm-hmm. it's just a really fun way to connect with the community and share your knowledge and things that you might be really good at that maybe someone could learn from. Yeah, and I agree. You know, you say the short format for you is easier to to may- maybe make happen, but I do think that um, it's an efficient way to convey a, a quick advice or an efficient message, you know. So... It's good for you, but I feel like it's good for everybody. Because um, on mm. YouTube, YouTube has become this... It, it, it's starting to replace TV. So people are getting yes. used to long-format videos. And I don't know. I use YouTube for entertainment. But when I need information, I'm, I'm old school and I still read about it anyway. But having short-format like what you've done, for me, is a bit more easy to follow and and have an access to than having to skim through a YouTube video where I have to find the one piece of information I need. Um, whereas you you have your videos and you, you have also those little cards that you make for Instagram, like, um, you know, start flying FPV or tips to hit gaps. And that's text. And that really speaks to me as well. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's, that's yeah. the way to do it. And I, I found that your account is so... Um, is so helping so much um so sorry it's it's early <laughs> it's really helping the the whole community and i was wondering you must have like very positive feedback about all this i have really yeah i've really gotten a lot of positive feedback which is just makes me feel so good that people are finding it helpful and and useful so thank you thank you guys so much <laughs> it, it really does mean a lot to me um, the other thing I think that's good about short form video is you fail faster. Oh, so if you're yeah. making one YouTube video a week and it gets no views, um, mm. I think that's tough. But if you're making two videos a day, you get mm. to see pretty fast what the community really needs to hear and likes to hear. Maybe what people are not so interested in, even if even if Susie thinks it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, the thing is... Um, you're also doing this for yourself, you know, as a record of what you have shared and what you want to share. So um, even if it doesn't interest as many people as another video, you, it's still out there. And who knows, maybe one day people will go back to that topic and be like, oh, actually, there's an answer for that. And it's in there. <laughs> so it's always there. That's the good thing. So your TikTok is also RuFPV. Um on TikTok, is that correct? Your account? I think it's kind of. I think it's like Susan Smith through FPV ah. or something. I don't. I don't know why I made it so long. <laughs> okay, that's all right. <laughs> well, everybody can go on your Instagram and find your link tree, and then this this sends them to you know anything that you're putting out there. So, even the DCL, what the quad live stream, <laughs> as I can see. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Today's topic, as you as you as you know, because I sent it to to you in the chat, is going to talk a little bit about um, hard work and effort. And I thought that was a good example of a topic that we could discuss together. Um, and I wish Lexi had been there as well, because she's also a good example of hardworking person. Oh my, she's because she works so hard. She, like, <laughs> yes. Every time I see her posting this, she's getting up at three or four in the morning. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Hence 
that's why, I mean, she's not here today because she's completely, she's very tired. She's doing lots of hours at work. She's, um, yeah, so, you know, that's okay. Well, she will be back soon, <laughs> hopefully. Um, so what I wanted to, to discuss a little bit with you today, and I've already discussed it a little bit on Instagram with some of my followers who were interested in the topic, is a quote that uh, states, the price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. So you're going to be like, oh, it's a bit deep. <laughs> Everybody in the audience is like, why are we doing this? <laughs> um, but I thought it was interesting um, when you committed to a hobby as well. Um, I just didn't want to look at the price um, in a money aspect. I was thinking of all the rewards you can get from something you're doing um, when you work a lot um, on it. So I actually had a follower to introduce the topic. He was talking about money and he gave me some feedback that was interesting that I thought I could I could share here. Um, he said something like he found that um, statement is quite accurate um, because he used to think um, that employers compensate for the lost time that you have at work, you know, um, with with money. Um, and uh, he also think that um, when he, so he also says, sorry, that when he was younger, he also often thought about some bigger purchases, you know, that, that you do through the X amount of work that you have put to get them, not really the money, but like, oh yeah, that is equivalent to five hours of my time, you know, or 200 hours of my time. <laughs> and that's, talking about so getting something that you want. This is why I feel like this is where money um, disappears, where you straight away compare your amount, the, the amount of life you've given to get something, right? Um, and I thought that after reading this feedback, I thought that totally happens in FPV as well. Like if you don't <laughs> spend amount of hours, you don't get to do a trippy spin. That was such a good example with the batteries that you said earlier. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wanted to ask you what what um, what does this uh, makes you uh, feel, or how how does it relate? Do you have other examples that you could share with us today um, to discuss this this quote? Yeah, I thought that was a perfect quote because you you can't have it all. You have mm -hmm. to pick your goals and you have to pick them wisely. Mm -hmm. So because I'm doing more content, which I'm really enjoying, it's something I love and I'm getting positive feedback and a community around me, which is awesome. But I have to sacrifice some time to do that. Mm -hmm. So it means I can't practice racing as much mm -hmm. if I'm going to be freestyling. Yeah. So there's always a trade-off. And I think you just need to be really careful about where your goal and your focus is. Yep. So, for example, last year, heading into the International Open, I had a goal that I wanted to be the first woman. And it was okay if other people, other women made it too, but I wanted to make World Cup that year. Yeah. So I spent many hours in the computer simulator, and any day that it wasn't raining, I went outside and practiced maybe five or six packs mm -hmm. um, after work. And yeah. I just, and then at the International Open, I was on that track from sunup to sundown because I <laughs> wanted to make it. Yeah. Um, and that was a great achievement for me. And I loved it. And I was so thrilled. But then there is some, I feel like sometimes after you've achieved a great goal, and this is really common with marathon runners mm -hmm. or other people who've achieved, like, who've achieved a goal, then I feel like afterwards you're like, okay, now what? Yeah. <laughs> you're, 
you're looking around and um, I will never be as fast as Heads Up, you know, Mm -hmm. or Min Chan. Like, they're just amazing and I love watching them. But that's not a realistic goal for me to set to try to to try to beat them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I really like that you started this conversation saying you have to pick a realistic goal. That's that's the first time I do hear someone who says that as a first of advice before saying you can do anything. But I like that you said you can do anything if you pick a realistic goal. Um, it's really good. It's really it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, because I f- I feel like sometimes people. If, if you're only comparing yourself to Mr. Steel or Heads Up or Min Chan, like you'll, you'll always be disappointed. Mm-hmm. But if I say, well, hey, I'm going to learn to do a trippy spin, um, mm-hmm. that's something you can do and you can control it. And you can say, okay, I have one week to learn it. And every day I'm going to do 15 packs. I'm going to keep trying until I get it. And then when you, you, when you achieve that, it's, it's such a reward and wonderful feeling to have achieved it. Yeah. Um, but I, it is a sacrifice because you have to give something else up as well. Yeah, that's true. And you that's that makes me think also that because you have to sacrifice things for it, picking your goal is also a matter of knowing what will give you enough rewards as well. Because sometimes you might get, um, I, I'm saying you, but it has happened to me and I know it has happened to other content creators, you might get into a habit of, doing things for the sake of doing them because that's how Mm. you started and then um, you realize the reward maybe is not there anymore or even if it's there that's not the reward you want but you're still sacrificing this amount of life for it and then you you end up feeling a bit empty you're like I'm giving that many hours of my life and then I'm getting something I don't I'm not really interested into getting (laughs) so that might also help picking goals Um, have you ever felt like this whether it was in FPV or, or in any other things you've done um, in your life, like you were sacrificing a lot but not getting back what you wanted, or you've been lucky and you haven't? <laughs> well, I, I think I'm just a very stubborn and competitive person. So when I set a goal, I don't typically regret it. Um, mm. And so I have another example, like this is quite a few years ago now, but I had set a goal to row a marathon. Mm-hmm. I'd seen it in the CrossFit Games. I'm like, I'm going to do that. So I trained, yeah. yeah, I don't know how many months, four or five months or something, and, and rode a marathon, and it was great. Um, but then I, you know, I didn't want to row anymore. <laughs> 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 so I guess, too, you have to set a, like, a, if you're going to stick around in the hobby, I think you need long-term healthy goals as well. So yeah. if, if your goal is, well, I want to go out and fly once a week with my friends, I think that's a great goal because it's a healthy goal. You can attain it. It's going to lead you to community. So everything doesn't have to be this grand, giant goal. Yeah. But I do like having, you know, maybe you're learning one new trick or maybe you're trying a different combo. And, and maybe my goal right now is that I want to just teach other people and lead them to FPV. And maybe that's a, a goal. Um, so I think you just have to have something that you're working toward, but you have to be careful not to set yourself up for failure. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. That's such a good advice too. 
Um, I was going to ask you what goals you had, and you just answered about teaching, uh, teaching the community, and I think you're doing it very well. So it's a great goal for you to pick because um, we we already can see the, you know, the results and the benefits of it for everybody. And um, yeah, it's it's how I remember you now. I'm like, oh yeah, racing Rue and um, giving a lot of time f to others. You know, so that's uh, that's great. <laughs> I have a few. I have a few video ideas I'm working on too. Uh, like, I'm 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 trying to slowly get maybe also back into YouTube. So we, we could see a resurrection of Rue's YouTube channel. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, I don't know. I'm curious if this is the same as you. Um, the most common question I get is like, what drone should I buy? <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> and and how do I you know how do I get into the hobby, and yeah. the fact that I get so many comments like that I think is terrific because it tells tells me that people are interested still in getting into drones. Mm -hmm. um, I think we worry that people are maybe getting out of the hobby, and I'm like, no, we want to try to keep growing the hobby, yeah. and telling people what a f you know how much fun drones are, how educational they are, how much they can be successful like you recently had your podcast about being in Hollywood yeah um, yeah so let's let's keep it going let's let's keep this momentum up yeah anything is is possible and thanks for um uh, quoting the podcast I really appreciate it if people want to go and listen to it um we discussed the use of FPV with a friend of mine who's into cinema um and who has made a short movie so he sort of know what he's talking about and we talked about ambulance um in which uh, Jet FPV and Captain Vanover uh, were involved, and it's a Michael Bay movie, so it's not like nothing. <laughs> so you should guys go check the movie out if you can, and the podcast. Um, because you were saying people ask um, what kind of drone they need to buy. What do you usually answer them out of curiosity? <laughs> well, I tell them that I actually try to talk them out of getting a drone first, <laughs> and I try to tell them they should get the radio transmitter mm -hmm. first and learn in the sim yeah so you can get a very good radio transmitter for about 300 there's many budget options available for far less than that mm -hmm. and because fpv does have a learning curve and you do need to dedicate part of your life to it like we said you're going to need to put some time in the computer simulator to learn so yeah. if you realize you don't have the time or maybe it's not for you, you could still sell that radio transmitter and you've not invested a whole lot of money. But if yeah. I can't talk you out of that, <laughs> then, then get a tiny whoop. I think yeah. those are great learning options because you can fly them indoors, outdoors, and you're, you're not going to be breaking them as nearly as often yeah. as you would a full-size drone. And if and when you do break them, which is pretty rare, the repairs are so much cheaper. Yeah. So for example, true. if I crack my tiny whoop frame, it's about four dollars. <laughs> if I if I break my five inch frame, that's fifty, sixty, seventy dollars, maybe even yeah. more. I haven't priced them out recently. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it can get expensive. Yeah, totally. And um what do you think is you um your tiny whoop the way it flies and compared with your bigger fleet, there's not much what what do you think is the main difference between those? Is it the momentum? Is it the throttle control? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's probably a combination of both. Um, with the tiny whoop, you have to be very careful that you keep enough throttle because it just doesn't have the power to recover as quickly. Yeah. Um, in the wind, they're <laughs> they're not the most fun to fly in the wind because they're only like twenty grams, so they're yeah. very light. 
but they can do they can do any trick like they can do trippy spins matty flips half matties power loops they can they can do all of these fun tricks um and it's a great way to learn and then you can switch to the five inch or or even a three inch might be a better step up from a, Mm -hmm. a tiny whoop yeah yeah and um i find it interesting that you give this advice because i also think that um, starting with sim and then starting with tiny whoop and then and ending up with three inch or five inch, you get to fly slightly different type of things. And I have a feeling that then you can you, you can probably fly anything once you've done because nothing feels exactly the same, right? Because there's still difference true, between very sim, true. sim and real life. Um, how do you do you think your brain adapts to that? Do, do you still consciously? Th- fly different in the sim than in real life or for you it's not that different so i i do hear from some people that don't like the sim that they just can't get it to feel like their real life quad mm-hmm. um which uh, bardwell was actually saying that if that's if you feel that way you should make sure to upgrade your um transmitter to edge tx so i think that's a great suggestion and idea for you but mm-hmm. you do need to warm up just like real life yeah. So for me, for a race, I want to be warming up probably about 90 minutes. And the first 20 minutes, I'm always like, oh, my gosh, like, I suck. Like, I don't know how to fly. <laughs> this is terrible. And then something just magically clicks and it all works. Okay. But I feel like the same is true in real life, too, because when you first take off, your brain just needs a little bit of a time to adapt, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So that's why people will say, I'm going to do a warm-up pack and mm-hmm. check out the lines and where I want to fly. Uh, on racing, we're still just learning the track the first few <laughs> batteries. We don't we don't know what's going on yet. Yeah. Um, so I would urge people to just be more patient too when they're trying to learn on the sim because it does take a little bit of time to to just get your brain used to it. Mm, yes, yeah, and obviously the sim you're using is is um, the DCL um, and Velocidrome and Velocidrome. Ah, Velocidrome. And one liftoff. I, you know, I, I love them all. Ah, okay, <laughs> that's awesome. I will probably try to pick your brain an- another day when um, I try to make my Velocidrome work again. So in a, in a nutshell, I used to do heaps of Velocidrone. Like I would just put like something on TV, half listen and just fly in the meantime or have conversation with my mom <laughs> when I went to visit her in France, but still fly. And even though it was not the most focused um, when I was around people, the most focused session, I really enjoyed it. And I do think it helped with uh, just muscle memory. Um, but the problem is... I had a break at some stage from the sim because I just didn't think of doing it. I was flying in real life and and then my laptop broke, so I had to fix it. It was the motherboard. And when I got my new motherboard, I had to reinstall all my application on it. And oh no. And I installed Velocidrone and I swear that since then I can't fly the sim. I'm getting sick all the time. I get oh no. terrible motion. Is it motion sickness? I think that's that's the word for it. It, it could be, yeah. And I I didn't see it coming either. The first time I plugged back my, my controller and I started flying, I was like, oh, maybe I'm hungry first. And then I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I have to stop. And I had to lay down for like 30 minutes. Oh and no. I, and I thought it was just, you know, that day I was maybe not 100%. And then I've tried several times again and I just... 
I can't handle it. Some people said it's the refresh rate. Some people said it's my FOV. Um, but I hope... That was actually going to be my first guess would be your FOV. Yeah, okay. Do you fly watching the screen or do you fly with goggles connected to the laptop? So oh. I've done okay. it with the goggles connected, but more out of a like... Hey, this is cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, serious racers won't do that just because it adds so much latency, and I don't. I don't oh. feel like there's really a benefit of okay. doing it that way. So I yes. think the real benefit is you're learning to pre-turn to make yourself faster, stay tight to the obstacles. I don't, I don't think adding the goggles really helps with that. Okay. Um, but you can do it. It's it's kind of a little novelty trick. <laughs> yeah, because I was wondering, maybe now I'm getting sick because I'm not in my goggles uh, anymore. Um, but yeah, I hope I can fix this, even though with the years somehow, and it's a very bad thing to happen to FPV pilot, I, have, I haven't been able to fly tiny whoop either i'm getting sick as well oh no and sometimes now even rewatching my gopro footage i'm getting sick watching my foot my gopro footage and i'm like is this happening why is this happening and i don't know to be honest and i hope it's not going to be to the point that one day i can't fly in real life <laughs> that, would be, that, that would be terrible right yeah that's something but there's that always like me. wings or something there's, there's, <laughs> there's other, always other things that's true that's true uh, i have a feeling that wings they they flap more <laughs> than the drones and i would be even <laughs> more sick <laughs> maybe um, i don't know i've seen some pretty <laughs> impressive wing like wing footage yeah what um because you said you actually uh fly in different sims what do you think each sim is strong um in certain categories of in certain yep. things like do you go to certain s sims to do certain things or it, it doesn't matter <laughs> so i think velocidrone most mimics what we would see on a day-to-day -day race um mm -hmm. either even like our local race or a big event like the international open because the, the the quads fly the same, you can they actually test quads and put them in there. So they to me they fly very similar. You can use Betaflight to put and change your rates. You can use your different camera angle. I actually think Velocidrone is outstanding for testing rates. Oh yeah. So if you want to change your rates, that is a great place to start. That you might not still like it in real life. Um, I've had rates higher in the sim that I didn't like in real life, but it's a great way to test those. Mm -hmm. And there are always Velocidrone races going on. So on Thursday nights, we host an average Joe race where we try yeah. to get more of the sports class amateur pilots together so they can experience racing. But you could probably race every night of the week if you wanted to in Velocitrone. Yeah. Um, then there's Sims like um, D DRL, which they're just starting their tryouts um, to get on the TV show. The DRL sim, I think, has a really good introduction to drone racing. I think they do a very good job of breaking it down and the maps are very cool. You can race the ones you see on TV. Mm -hmm. I really like the graphics of DCL. Mm -hmm. That quad flies to me very, very heavy. Okay. So you really have to work on your momentum control. And to me, it feels more similar to maybe my freestyle quad, which is mm -hmm. also like very <laughs> heavy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I learned on liftoff. So I always, it has a special place in my heart. 
So yeah. I learned on those hay fields, and oh. um, I, I cursed those hay fields every day because I couldn't <laughs> control my drone. <laughs> so I really like Liftoff as well. They have some fun freestyle maps. Um, so again, if someone's trying one sim and they, they don't like it, there's always more sims to try. It, um, I don't think people should give up after mm. just trying one. Yeah. Because there's, there's so many options and there's so many maps to try too. Yeah. That's a good point. And um, do you think you could maybe one of your future, if you come back to YouTube, let's say, if. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's the kind of knowledge you could maybe share, like compare some sims? Because you, you have used a lot of them and you train a lot. And I feel like some there's not enough people talking about sims in the hobby, but it's a big part of the hobby when you think about it. Uh, yeah, and even just how I have things set up um, yeah. and what camera angle to use um, for a newbie, what rates to use for a newbie. So I did have someone recently reach out and said they were having so much trouble flying in Velocidrone. And the first question I asked them, well, what are your rates? And they had it at like 1200, 1200 oh. degrees a second, which is like so insanely fast. I don't know if I would be able to control 1200 <laughs> No. So I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, try these. And then um, that person was able to fly in the sim. So that's the kind of thing that can be so rewarding. Yeah. Um, that pe if people don't know, um, and and when you're using, like, I'm now I'm just rambling. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. When you use a lower camera angle as a beginner, which is good, you need higher yaw mm -hmm. um, because yeah. you're the way the drone flies. Um, so just things like that, I think, are excellent future content ideas for maybe Rue's reinvigorated YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because well, I feel like some things sometimes they need a longer format if you want to really do a comprehensive thing. But yeah, who knows? Depth, yeah. Yeah. But these days also you could just, yeah, keep the short version and, and have each sim or each advice per video anyway so who knows uh, as long as it works for you and like we said as long as the reward matches the amount of life you give you're giving away yeah, exactly <laughs> should be fine well thanks so much you know for joining today um i'm so happy we had this talk uh, yes was, my pleasure <laughs> it was really really good do you have anything on um fpv wise for the weekend so this weekend, we'll, we're doing the DCL race. Yeah. And then after that, we need to get everything ready to go for the International Open. It's only a few weeks away. It's hard to believe it. So I, have, <laughs> I have two broken ESCs I need to replace. And oh um, I think a few motors. <laughs> so I need to get on my repairs and making sure we have everything ready to go. Yeah. Uh, but that's always a blast. It's just five days of racing drones sun up to sundown so it's, it's wow. very fun that's so good and um i think um is it is it the the one that thomas Bidmara is is going to or am yes I so yeah. he's gonna be there min chan is supposed to be wow. there of course heads up so this this is the the event to watch i think there's gonna yeah. be a lot of incredibly fast pilots on center stage so yeah. it's gonna be good it's gonna yeah. be good is it is it gonna be live streamed any uh, like somewhere? It will, yes, yeah, so on cool. YouTube. Yep. Nice. 
I'm gonna have to wake up early again, <laughs> very early. Well, usually that that race finishes about one or two in the morning, so maybe I don't know、oh. what time is that your time? Maybe yeah, it's the I'm, afternoon. That should be fine, actually. Yes, yeah, finally something we can watch in real time. Well, I'm looking forward to see you there. Then, if I can, you know, see the live stream of you competing and everything, it's gonna be great. Um, is it racing only? There's no freestyle part, or is it going to be freestyle? No, there is freestyle. Yep, they have、yeah. a specific area set up with freestyle. There's this cool cement tower that people have backwards dove. Is that a word? Back backwards dove through. <laughs> I'm just watching. I'm like, oh, that's so crazy. How did they do that? Wow. But you're going to focus on the on racing because one thing.、Well, probably, one thing I might、happen. do some freestyle. I mean, ah, I might head over there. Nice. Nice. <laughs> well, I don't I think I'll achieve a backwards dive. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Don't say that. You need to put your 156、uh, batteries, and then you'll be able to do it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm a new goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much.、Um, yeah, for joining,、um, and、uh, I hope you have a blast、uh, doing all of this. Coming things in sounds pretty exciting.、Um, is there anything you want to share、um, with the with the audience, like、uh, your social media, so that they can come and follow you if they don't yet? Yes, I would love if people join me on TikTok or Instagram. Those are really where I'm primarily focusing, and then lots of short form content. I try to post about once once to three times a day, so you'll probably get sick of me in no time. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of advertisement is this? It's not the proper advertisement. Go follow Ruth. It's, it's the butt grinder.、Uh, I'll, pr- I'll promise I'll do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was fun. I'm sure people will remember. That's an efficient way to do it. <laughs>、um, well, yeah. Thanks for joining, and thanks everybody. You know for listening.、Um, We'll come back soon in, in two weeks. Maybe Lexi will be there this time, and、uh, we might have a guest, or it might just be a, a catch-up episode. So stay tuned for that, and、uh, happy flying, everyone! See you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>